Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Joyce Bullisant. You're listening to TV Confidential. Time now for the new Meet the Clock. Fun, action, stunts, a race against time with guest star Dick Clark. And now, here's your host on the new Meet the Clock, G-Wood. Ed Robertson, welcome you to this week's edition of TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. And we'll welcome Christopher Fryer. In our second hour, Christopher Fryer, co-author of several books, including Bruce Dern, A Memoir, and Jack Nicholson, The Early Years, the first authorized biography of Academy Award winner Jack Nicholson. Chris and his co-author Robert Crane talked to Nicholson on two occasions in the early 1970s before he won the Academy Award and before his stardom propelled him into superstardom. We'll talk to Chris about that. We'll also... Talk about a short story that Chris wrote called Hunting License that appears in a collection of short stories called Beyond Where the Buses Run. We'll talk about how Chris's story Hunting License has elements of Rod Serling in it. Plus, we'll also talk about how the title of the anthology Beyond Where the Buses Run owes itself to a phrase that originated from Bruce Stern. Christopher Fryer will join us in our second hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we will begin our first hour by welcoming back our friend Randy West. Randy West spent 30 years, more than 30 years in television as an announcer on talk shows, award shows, game shows, hosted by such icons as Dick Clark, Wink Martindale, Chuck Willary, Bob Eubanks, Howie Mandel, and Bob Barker, while he was mentored in the business by legendary announcer Johnny Come On Down, Olson. Uh, Randy's books include an excellent biography of Johnny Olson called Johnny Olson, A Voice in Time. His latest book, TV Inside Out, Flukes, Flakes, Feuds, and Felonies, provides a backstage pass to the truest form of reality television, both the outrageous behavior that many stars exhibit in their pursuit of Success and the inspiring stories of television performers who beat the odds and enjoyed their success while still living by the golden rule. TV Inside Out, available in hardcover and paperback through Bear Manor Media. Randy West, welcome back to our program. Well, it's a joy to be with you again, Ed. We talked a little bit about the many things you learned from Johnny Olson the last time you were on, and there's a there's, there's a story, there's a couple of stories in TV Inside Out about another great announcer, Gene Wood, who I 
he's one of those announcers that I first saw as an on-screen host because, like, when I was five or six years old, there was a syndicated version of Beat the Clock, Beat the Clock. that Gene hosted, and I didn't realize that. So I first saw him as an on-screen host, but then he was a very busy behind-the-scenes announcer, and yet for someone who worked as long as he did in show business, he was not as savvy as Johnny Olson was when it came to, uh, how, how should we say it, of being too close to the celebrity who hosted the show. Yes. Gene was, uh, wanted more than anything else to be an on-camera host. He had uh, done comedy work as part of a team in nightclubs. He considered himself uh, more than an announcer, and therefore he looked for every opportunity he could get to be on camera. And he loved working with Richard Dawson on Family Feud and Bert Convy on Password, uh, because they afforded him opportunities to be, you know, kick in a little comedy here or there. And I'll tell you, each nanosecond of his time <laughs> was valuable to him beyond belief. He just loved the opportunity to be on camera. And, uh, you know, there were people who are that extroverted and that looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the thrill of uh, being uh, seen by millions of folks at home. I don't fully relate to that. I just like the work, and I was thrilled to be announcer and warm up for, as you mentioned, many of the iconic people that we've come to know and love on TV. But Gene uh, had that extra, extra little bit of something in him that so much wanted uh, for him to host, and uh, he got that opportunity on a low-budget uh, syndicated version, as you say, of Beat the Clock. It was shot up in Canada, and the uh, host of that show was originally Jack Nars a name that some people know maybe from way back as Seven Keys or Now You See It. Uh, Jack was, a, my goodness, a, a lifelong broadcaster and blood brother to Tom Kennedy, yes. whose real last name is Nars. Yeah, Tom, Tom Kennedy is my favorite Nars. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. Although you got to come pretty close. The both of these boys were just magnificent. That's what I've been told, gentlemen. yeah. That's what I've been and told. so beloved in the, in the business. But when Jack didn't, uh, finally sat down with a, 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 an abacus, I guess it might have been before adding machines or before calculators, he looked at uh, what it was costing him in time and money. Did you say abacus? Did, did you say abacus? Yes, I did. <laughs> I haven't heard that word in God knows And how. hopefully you won't again. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about old guys now, you know. Well, that, uh, no, I, no uh, uh, experienced. We are both experienced people. I like that word better. There Thank you. you. Uh, he must have sat down with, uh, you know, with the toes and fingers of friends <laughs> helping do the mathematics on this thing and realized flying to Canada, doing the show, flying home, what it represented to him in the tangible and intangible costs were such that he uh, chose not to continue with it. And uh, with a very tight budget uh, and uh, for Mark Goodson and a desire to be on camera for Gene Wood, it turned out to be heaven for him because he got to host the remainder of that run of the show. And uh, he loved that more than anything else. I will tell you a, a great story about Gene and one that, uh, well, uh, may puncture a few fantasies. Gene was beloved by the production companies uh, who he was just first every morning to say good morning and call folks by name. He loved the people. He loved the work. However, you talk to the people who worked uh, on the set at Family Feud, I'm talking about technicians, camera operators, uh, often their good morning genes went un, uh, you know, un, uh, kind of said responded to. Uh, you know, he was very focused on who he uh, showed his best side to, and uh, that was, of course, the audience. 
as well, and he is responsible for some of the best warm-up work, the best pre-show audience exciting, you know, revelry rising sessions that you could have imagined in your life. He had a completely unique warm-up, and uh, he was so beloved for that, and he worked his heart out for that. He used to perspire like he was uh, working on a chain gang. He really worked <laughs> that hard. And I fell in love with the performance that he gave. And a most unusual thing happened, and I don't tell this story often because I, I never get the chance to put it in the context of first saying he was a pro, second that he loved the work, third that he worked his heart out and worked his tushy off. Uh, in that context, you need to know that only in explaining that will I add to the story that I got called one day to fill in for him. He had uh, slipped on the slime, if you will. I think slime is supposed to be only Nickelodeon shows, but there was a show on the Family Channel that used a similar concoction of slippery uh, pudding and, and all manner of other organic and non-organic ingredients. He slipped and fell, broke some ribs, finished the tape day, but went to the hospital, and he was out of commission for a period of time. I got the call to fill in for him in a subsequent show, and I sent him a get well card uh, because I wanted him to know that uh, I wished him well, and uh, nobody deserves to get injured on the set. And I wrote to him, uh, you know, uh, dear Gene, what a trooper. Word on the set is that you uh, showed, you know, went above and beyond the call of duty in finishing the tape day despite your Ill illness and uh, injuries. Uh, paraphrasing what I wrote. And uh, I thought that was a sweet thing to do, a kind thing to do. I respected the man and his body of work. I sitting later, this is like three days later, in my agent's office, who happened to be Gene Wood's agent as well. And I happened to be there when Gene calls, and this is, sounds so unbelievable because it's just so coincidental. Gene calls and says, hey, I got a card from your friend, Randy West. Uh, you know, dripping with a little sarcasm there. And Gene, uh, my agent immediately puts Gene on speakerphone because, hey, it's a moment that involves all of us. Yeah. But he doesn't tell Gene that he just put me on speakerphone with him. And Gene proceeds to read the card that I sent him with the most supercilious, sarcastic attitude. I, I couldn't believe it. it uh, along the lines of, dear Gene, as if I'm dear. <laughs> you know, what a trooper. Word on the set, it, well, there's no word on the set then nobody thinks I'm a trooper except me. And all this, you know, and, and when it all finished, uh, uh, I'm looking at my agent who's looking at me like, what is, what is, what's the subtext here? What's he trying to say? And what he was trying to say, basically, that, uh, that I was most insincere and that this was obviously, uh, you know, uh, just something I sent without respect for him or whatever. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I sent you a get will card, even if you thought it was just, perfunctory and something, you know, to do to be uh, gracious, I wouldn't, you know, respond to it with such a manner of, oh, really, they're really talking about what a trooper I am. Well, I don't believe it, neither does he, you know, that kind of a dismissive thing. Wow, there must have been a great deal of uh, unhappiness or unsettlement in, 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 in his private life. But, you know, I, by that point, I had come to see it so many times with other performers who um, had great success. Uh, you know, his frustration was that he wasn't on camera. That might have colored his outlook at uh, the business and his life. But I can't imagine, you know, downgrading somebody's uh, well-meaning uh, get well card. It was a sign of Gene I had not seen before. And as you say, Randy, in many respects, that story encapsulizes one of your key points of TV Inside Out is that, and this does not just apply to people who work 
and television people who work in the entertainment industry, but this applies to people in all walks of life, and we all have encountered people like this. Some people are just never comfortable in their own skin for, for whatever reason, and even if you say it's a beautiful day outside, they'll say yes, but there are clouds out. <laughs> Touche, it's true everywhere, but I think it's maybe even more so in the entertainment industry. Maybe it's just tweaked up a little bit more because there's so much uh, on the line. You know, a star makes millions, a non-star starves. You know, uh, the adoration of millions versus toiling in obscurity and anonymity. I mean, the, the, the vast differences between success and failure or perceived success or perceived failure uh, so why in entertainment, which, which of course plays off of the whole theme in the book, which is what is success and why are people who are successful so miserable in some cases? You know, you and I were born to or grew up to believe that if I had money, I mean serious money and, and adoration, fame, I could walk anywhere and people wanted to meet me, people loved to meet me, wanted to shake my hand and all the money I could possibly use, that would be success. What could be better in life? I've got money and I've got fame and people love me. Well, it's when you achieve all that mm -hmm. and realize that you're still miserable or unfulfilled, maybe a better way of saying it, that's when people fall off the rails. That's when they go out of their minds with, you know, drugs and drinking and, and, and sexual escapades and, uh, you know, looking for uh, over-the-top experiences, skydiving and, you know, whatever it is, uh, they, you know, people in race cars. People get into race cars, you know, to race uh, Syria. I mean, they're putting their lives in their hands. Most stars are not able to do that because the insurance policies on their life forbid them from doing these sorts of things. But it's looking for the extremes of life to try to find happiness when the default formula for happiness and success fails you. TV Inside Out, Flukes, Flakes, Feuds, and Felonies by Randy West is a smorgasbord of backstage stories about celebrity dysfunction that also provides insight into the mystery and occasional misery of stardom and how some TV performers have managed to overcome the trappings of stardom and maintain a happy, functional, satisfying life. Among the many stories that Randy reveals in TV Inside Out, why Gavin McLeod nearly took his life after the first year of McHale's Navy, while Chuck Barris reportedly destroyed all tapes of the first few weeks of the dating game, why Mel Blanc's family sued Warner Brothers for unpaid residuals after Mel died, and a whole lot more TV inside out available on hardcover and paperback through Bear Manor Media. You can learn more about Randy West, tvrandywest.com, tvrandywest.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item. If you're a fan of Elton John or know someone who is and are looking for a gift idea this holiday season, our friends at Quarto Books have just released Elton John at 75. Elton John at 75, a gorgeous collection of Elton John's life and art told through the lens of 75 key releases and accomplishments, including curated selection of Elton John's expertly crafted singles. Written by rock critic Gilbert Garr, Elton John at 75 takes a deep dive into the moments and connections that have defined Elton John's career. The book also includes live concert and candid offstage photography and memorabilia right up to this year's epic Farewell Yellow Brick Road 
Tour. Elton John at 75. Elton John at 75. Available now wherever books are sold through our friends at Cordo Books and CordoKnows.com. Hi, everybody. This is Ruta Lee, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Randy's back in town after being on the road for a few weeks doing another successful version. Was it was it the Wheel of Fortune Live or was it the Price is Right Live? Well, I did Price is Right Live for about 15 years. It's still out on the road. But the uh, some of the people involved with creating that success were brought aboard with Sony to do Wheel of Fortune Live. And I'm just back from kicking off that show, uh, which just started this uh, well, what is it now? It's October, so it just started, like, I guess, in September, maybe the end of August. And, uh, my goodness, like prices, like, right? Uh, Wheel of Fortune has created such such positive vibes, such love. I mean, people think of that show and watching it with their parents or their grandparents. It's just a, such a positive, feel-good program that when we get out on stage and uh, welcome to Wheel of Fortune live, it's like, you know, uh, it's like a rock star just came out on stage because of the love that Pat... Jack, Fanna White, and uh, the producers over the years have engendered with this feel-good, wonderful show. And people are thrilled to plop down their money for a chance to sit in the audience and watch other people play if they themselves aren't among the dozens who are lucky enough to get up on stage and play the game. And uh, interestingly, you know, when you do Price is Right Live, like the television show, people are screaming through the whole thing. They're yelling out prices, higher, lower, ooing and eyeing like crazy. But on Wheel of Fortune, the first shows that I did, you step out on stage, everyone's having a good time, but when you start to play the game, okay, the letters start to appear, people are spinning the wheel, they're guessing what letter might be in the puzzle. People in the audience are suddenly quiet. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, we're going over like a lead balloon. Oh, my God, we've lost the audience. Oh, my God, they're not having, not having a good time. And then, of course, when somebody calls a Z, you know, or something <laughs> that you know, seems silly, the audience is right there. Oh, no. When they call the L, which is obvious for those who have already solved the puzzle in their seats, they're standing and cheering and yelling. So the silent moments, I come to learn, are when the players in the audience to play along i guess it's say in the audience is i got them trying to solve the puzzle you know so there isn't screaming through the whole thing it's wild craziness and then a lull of silence which is kind of like ooh, what just happened there it's just people trying to solve the puzzle people are so into that show and they do exactly what they do in person that they do at home on television solve the puzzle we should add Chuck Woolery, the original host of Wheel, one of the many people in TV Inside Out that Randy knew personally. And uh, Chuck, uh, which we're going to tease this. We're going to tease this. Chuck takes you behind the scenes of the, what, the five or seven years that he hosted Wheel and the lesson he learned about his boss that unfortunately was too late. He didn't learn that lesson until after he lost his job. That is one of many stories that Randy reveals in TV Inside Out, Plukes, Flakes, Feuds, and Felonies, available hardcover and paperback through Bear Manor Media. This is a stupid question. Yeah. Game Give show. <laughs> game shows are taped before a live audience. I mean, if you watch game shows, you know that this is no big secret. Right. But... Uh, like most hour-long shows or half-an-hour shows, it takes a lot longer than a half an hour or an hour to tape a game show because, you know, you have, you have to do you have to change sets, you have to change camera setups, and so forth. Is that the way it works when you do uh, Wheel of Fortune Live? 
uh, well, Wheel of Fortune Live is a live show, so there's no stop down at all. When they originally did Wheel of Fortune on NBC, the puzzle board, if you remember, they used to turn, literally turn the letters, which meant that between puzzles, they had to take the letter board, wheel it off the stage, pull out the plexiglass letters, put in letters for the new puzzle. Somebody had to make sure they were all in the right position, of course, and that you know the spelling was proper, and then they'd roll it back onto the set. So in the course of a half an hour, if you played three or four games, there were three or four long stops. So a show like uh, Wheel of Fortune, the television show, used to have stops. Now it doesn't. Pat Sajak and Vanna White can do this show in their sleep after this is their 40th season wow. syndication. Uh, and, of course, the, the board has been electronic for some years. And this year that just began in September, the television season that began in September, there's a brand-new board where Vanna doesn't even have to touch it. It's got like a, like a, a, this is incorrect uh, scientifically, but it's like a radar. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. If she approaches a particular letter, it will light up. It's the highest tech thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's not just individual letters and squares or rectangular monitors. The whole screen, the whole puzzle, the whole thing is one giant, massive LED screen. She must be wearing like a flesh-colored you know, sensor. That. I have no idea how it works, but to see it, it was just, wow. Yeah. I, 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 the, the technology is incredible. So to answer your question, Wheel of Fortune Live, we have an electronic letter board, uh, you know, and uh, so therefore there's no need to stop. TV Inside Out, Blue Flakes, Feuds, and Felony by Randy West. Available Amazon.com, Bear Manor, Media.com, wherever books are sold online. We'll pick up our conversation with Randy at the end of our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, take a quick time out. Then Greg Airbar will join us for our DVD report next on TV Confidential. Who leaked the surprising news to Johnny Carson? That Joan Rivers secretly signed with Fox. TV Inside Out is the new book full of true stories of Hollywood double-dealing and broken promises. Blackmail schemes, suicides, and murder plots. You never knew how many of your favorite performers cracked under the pressure. Why Betty White and B. Arthur went from friends to foes on the set of Golden Girls. What comedy star was carried away after suffering a nervous breakdown while on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show couch? Why employees, staff, and crews considered Red Skelton the all-time favorite citizen of Television City? Why the beloved captain of The Love Boat was ready to drive off a cliff along Mulholland Drive? TV Inside Out goes behind our screens and behind the scenes. TV Inside Out is the first book to so fully reveal the drama behind TV's dramatic series. The misery at the happiest sitcoms. The private whispers in talk show dressing rooms. And the games people play behind the scenes at your favorite game shows. The troubled souls and the bold-faced lies. More all-true, fully vetted, direct-from-the-sources stories than any other look behind the scenes ever. TV Inside Out guarantees you'll never watch TV the same way again. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential.net x.com forward slash 
TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.